Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. It is schedule release day, week. Um, the schedule just came out officially. We'll talk about that. Uh, a couple other uh, housekeeping things, uh, housekeeping, uh, post-draft stuff, a couple signings, or one, one, one signing in particular we'll talk about. Um, and then we're going to uh, dive deep into the uh, schedule uh, here and uh, have our take on uh, all these new jersey numbers for the, for the uh, Eagles. Um, so I'm in here. It is Wednesday night. Uh, currently, the Phillies are up one nothing in the bottom of the fifth in Washington. And uh, I'm here along with Mike. How, how are you, Mike? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it's today's a little bit like Christmas morning for us NFL fans. It's one of the last things before the dog days of off season. So excited to dig into the dates and teams and talk about all the the weeks to come next season. Yeah. Um, we uh, we will go into uh, a number of uh, state of the team things, other uh, our thoughts on on the coaching hire, the departure of a few key uh, um, people for the team uh, later in the off season. So that's some stuff to look forward to. As for today, the uh, this week. The uh, as far as post draft st uh, uh, stuff, I listened to uh, Devonte Smith on Chris Long's podcast. Uh, did you catch that interview? No, I haven't yet. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of people enjoyed it. Yeah, it was uh, really good. He's uh, from like rural, rural Louisiana. They were talking about like um, how how scouting guys for for college programs is a lot different than when chris long was uh, drafted uh, or recruited and um uh Devante smith was taught this is what i found interesting maybe you will you know um Devante smith was in a camp i think in miami there he met jerry judy and uh that's where he became friends with him uh, and then they, uh, so they had that camp. I think he met Henry Ruggs at another camp. Uh, and he slowly like heard that, uh, he, he was, he was buddies with Judy. So he thought, uh, at first he was going to like Florida or something. And then he found out he was going to Bama. Ruggs is going hmm. to Bama. Waddle is, I think in this sort of, uh, you know, series of football camps they're going to, he's going to Bama. And uh, I think he, he said like he uh, sort of chose his school after knowing how crowded the wide receiver room is. And he wanted to go to Alabama and fight for that playing time. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. Could have went elsewhere. Uh, True. Chris Long asked him like about some of the game plans going into like the Ohio state game, a few other games. Uh, he asked like, what, what's your, uh, what kind of like game plan are you hoping coach Saban like 
brings to the table mm-hmm. and he goes like the give me the ball plan like he's <laughs> he's uh he's a very like charming hardworking like guy uh I'm not sure who one of the Chris Long like co-hosts was but he was a Giants fan and as the interview went on I don't know if Chris Long was being like a Philly homer at the time but he kept like ripping him for like oh you you wish you had Smith now and he's like yeah on the scale of one to ten he's like a ten so it was nice to troll a Giants fan um but yeah I'd recommend it it's uh the green light podcast or something mm-hmm. i don't know yeah, um, yeah. Uh, i only funny. listened to that i think he interviews bruce arians later but uh i'd recommend it it was cool. an interesting uh, listen not a read i didn't read anything except for uh at which point the uh, interview starts so i didn't have to listen to the whole thing but um that's that's a that's a plug for Chris Long from our our podcast. You know, like he he can uh, he can thank us and maybe come on the podcast another time. <laughs> um, yeah. So the uh, OTA minicamp schedule came out for the Eagles. That rookie minicamp come uh, starts on the fourteenth. That's in two days. I saw there were a few uh, Zoom interviews with uh, Devonte Smith and Dickerson. I didn't really get any quotes from that did did you see anything from that um i watched i watched them um one of the interesting questions i asked um it was basically asking Devonte, you know coming from alabama and also being drafted with his teammate in kirsten they're just trying to get some insight of like what what could those two um players bring from Alabama's program to the Eagles and Devante just said like the discipline across the game you know whether it's routes or you know avoiding penalties so I I think that kind of follows the theme of uh, the first and second round draft pick really going in on talent and guys that uh, the organization has identified as culture changers or culture setters to kind of bring in the new card. So nice to hear that maybe they can bring a little bit of that Alabama shine to the Eagles. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, another thing from the Chris Long thing, he's, uh, they were asking him uh, personally what his comps uh, are. Uh, they mentioned Marvin Harrison, uh, and I forget who else, but uh, Devontae Smith's self uh, reflective, you know, comps for him were Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams, which I thought was mm-hmm. cool. Uh, Keenan Allen for, you know, his route running and, uh, Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in, in the league. So, uh, I thought that was cool as well, but, uh, that that's nice to hear. They want to bring winning culture to the Eagles, uh, which they failed as the new norm <laughs> to, do that so you know take two or seven or however many uh you want to say um so yeah rookie camps this weekend um there's mandatory mini camp june 8th to 10th uh ota off-season voluntary workouts may 25th to 27th june 2nd to 4th and 14th june uh, 14th to 17th so we'll probably get some news or notes out of those things but nothing uh too exciting um i'm not sure what the uh 
COVID uh, restrictions are, if uh, media are allowed to attend uh, that or like how that works. So hopefully there's some good stuff we can uh, uh, get from people who actually do this for a living. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the attendance of the the voluntary portions of the of those workouts will be. I know that the um, the players' association have kind of, as part of their bargaining and negotiations, representing the players. They have, you know, they've told players unless you're getting paid via bonuses, like at least in their, you know, way weigh it in your mind if you want to attend those camps. So it'll, it'll be curious to see, especially, you know, with the roster turnover, how uh, a lot of the players will attend. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's uh, – I, I don't know how much stock to put in, in that, but hopefully it's a decent amount of uh, guys. I know uh, early most of the – sophomore guys or younger mm -hmm. guys um uh yeah so i think that's that's all the news and notes um uh the the only other big thing from the week besides today's schedule release uh the eagles sign carry on johnson former running back in the lions uh yeah they, they claimed him off waivers which is yeah no that's a sign not a free agent but okay yeah off waivers um he's five foot eleven to two eleven spent three seasons with detroit uh he had 344 total touches for 1752 yards and 11 touchdowns so 11 touchdowns in three seasons uh he's three years removed from being a second round pick by lions uh you know these are I don't need to go into his whole uh, resume here, but um, he had a knee injury uh, in week 11 uh, of his rookie year. Um, he missed eight games in 2019 due to the knee injury, but he played 16 games last season. Uh, he averaged 8.6 yards per catch on 61 catches over the last three years. Um, which uh, I found that interesting. I think he was averaging like five, uh, four or five yards per carry, but um, this yards per catch stat is not uh, bad, but uh, with Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell on the roster, that's like, you know, another, like if he's going to be catching passes, that's a third guy on your depth chart that offers the same thing at less uh, mm -hmm. production. So. Um, at the time, I thought it was a good signing. Uh, he's, I had him on my fantasy team for what that's worth. Uh, a couple of years ago was my running back two or, uh, on my bench. Um, I'm not a great fantasy drafter, uh, or waiver wire picker up, uh, picker upper, but, um, for you know what that's worth i i'm familiar with his uh, one good fantasy year which uh, whatever about that but um you know uh, if 
if he's not taking snaps away from more athletic guys, which uh, I think over the course of the season that will no longer that wouldn't be the case because if his production is down and others are up, he's not going to get as many snaps. But um, uh, I guess uh, I think it's good with uh, just taking a chance on a guy like they took a chance on Jay Ajay, which worked out, or Jordan Howard, which didn't really work out. Um, they're still taking a chance on Jordan Howard. But uh, overall, I think it's a fine signing, uh, uh, only upside, either upside or net zero type signing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to do they have the roster spots so it's not like they had to cut or make room for him so you know there's there's literally no downside he's on the last year of his contract since he's a second round pick that's a four-year contract and the last year of that deal is um unguaranteed so they can uh once once they get down to the 53-man roster it's not like they owe him any money if he doesn't make the team. So no downside or no no real commitment. Um, but as a player, I mean, he was drafted as a second round pick. So clearly he has some pedigree there, which you know you like to see at no um, cost. Um, he's just a lot of people describe him as kind of uh, like a really good locker room presence. So I think he's just great to have in that running back group. Um, really good at pass blocking. I think PFF had him ranked as their second best pass blocker last season. So I think just just to have that in your running back group, like somebody who's very reliable on an obvious passing down, you know, you bring him in, you can keep him in to protect. He, you know, you can also send him out to catch some passes. I don't think we'd really expect to see him be the secondary running back. I think he'd kind of just be like a change of guy to throw in there. I think of the group of running backs, I don't expect him to carry more than four. And I think those, I would say the three locks for the roster for running backs right now, obviously Miles Sanders, the number one. Um, number two, it sounds like it'll be Gainwell. I mean, I think after last year, um, Boston Scott had this big opportunity. I don't think he impressed when he had this larger opportunity the year prior. He really kind of came out of nowhere and really delivered. And then last year, maybe we found out that he's not like a true running back number two. And then so after those two guys, I think you really see it comes down to Jordan Howard, um, carry on. And then we just have a, a group of Killens, Holyfield, Huntley, another line, another line that we claimed last year. So yeah, it's another good guy to throw into the mix. Yeah, I think, uh, well, you're, but you're almost correct with your Boston Scott. Uh, he's a RB one against the Giants, but mm, every true. other team, he's you know RB three. Like uh, 
sort of riding the bench. But, a giant slayer. How could yeah, I forget? For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, I think um, Jordan Howard, I, I feel like deep in my heart, I'm rooting for him to uh, resurrect some something of uh, what made him uh, productive in the past. But uh, I'm, I'd be just as happy with uh, Johnson making the team uh and then maybe you sign a couple of these guys to the practice squad and if uh you're dealing with injuries at some point either there's the extra game uh we'll get into their bye week um and what that could mean with injuries and all that um in a bit but uh yeah i think uh i think that's pretty much all the carry on Johnson stuff. He's 23. I think he's the same age or a month or two separates him from Najee Harris, who was just drafted in this draft. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, uh, running backs have a short shelf life, but uh, he's still only 23 play three seasons. Um, what is interesting, I, I wonder if Carrion had m- many conversations with Deuce since Deuce is the new running back coach for the Lions. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I'd, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, he, he met up with uh, Deuce briefly before uh, – did the Eagles sign him uh, soon after he was released? It was like a couple days, right? Um, so Deuce had been hired for months, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Deuce yeah. has been a part of the Lions, you yeah. know, since the offseason. I think Carrion was cut after the draft. So right. you would think that, you know, there was some meetings, at least some, like, Zoom calls between the two, but... You know, even if, um, you know, Deuce did have some stuff that wasn't like, you know, if he just was sharing some honesty, it's not like Carrion had a choice whether or not he wanted to come to Philadelphia. Again, he was cut and he was put on waivers and he was claimed. So it's not like he really had kind of a free agency, if you will. He was, you know, he picked up the phone and he said, the Eagles, the Eagles want you on their team. He's like, okay. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, either way, likely a conversation may have taken place between the two of them talking about the Eagles. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what we got on carry on Johnson. Um, yeah, so let's get into the uh, schedule. The uh, regular season and preseason schedules have been released. Uh, as far as preseason goes, there's one less preseason game because there's one more regular season game this year. So there's 17 regular season games, which will go week one through 18. Uh, and then the preseason uh, on August 12th, they play the Steelers. August 19th, they play the Patriots. And then their third games against the Jets week three of the preseason. That date is to be determined. Um, they always play the AFC East and I feel like they play the Steelers a lot in the preseason. I don't know how much, uh, you know, stock to put in those games, but 
that is I love all of your big predictions for the preseason. Well, uh, I think you know we'll we'll see uh, uh, the starters in the first quarter. You know, <laughs> does Joe uh, Flacco make a push for starting quarterback? I think, I think Flacco starts against the Jets week three. There, oh, uh, sounds like a revenge who, game. Wait, who's the who's the quarterback they signed? Uh, the free uh, agent one. We signed one to be like our third string. I'll have to look into that. We have there's a quarterback sure. that's fighting Flacco for this the backup spot. Oh, oh, you mean uh, the undrafted free agent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name. He was the guy. He was at Wake Forest and he transferred. Yeah, I totally like there there's another quarterback too i think they signed like in the middle of the off season but uh i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see a third and fourth string uh quarterback those games i i feel like the the week three game is now the week four preseason game uh yeah. or at least it should be because um <laughs> it will be you know, yeah uh, okay, so they open the season on September 12th in Atlanta. It's a 1 p.m. game. Um, let's just, I'll just go through all of all the games and then we'll, we'll uh, talk about them. So uh, week two is at home against the 49ers. Week three is in Dallas for Sunday night football. Week four is home against the Chiefs. Andy Reid's first uh, coaching in Philly since 2013, I believe. Uh, then they, they're in Carolina against former Temple coach Matt Rule, head coach. Uh, then they have Thursday night football against uh, the defending Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then they fly out. They have two games on the road back-to-back. They have a game in Vegas against the Raiders. Then on Halloween, they play uh, in Detroit. Um, Then they're home against the Chargers. Uh, That's November 7th. They're at Denver. Home against the Saints. At the Giants. At the Jets. So back-to-back at the Meadowlands. Then they have a bye. Uh, then they play Washington either that Saturday or Sunday. Uh, that's December 18th or 19th. Uh, the day after Christmas, they play the Giants at home on January 2nd. They're at Washington, and then they end the season on January 9th against Dallas. So their last four games after the bye are all division games, two against Washington, and then uh two home games, one against the Giants and and the Cowboys. So at first glance, uh, their first six games, I have them one and five. I think they beat the Panthers. That's that's the first six games. That's my prediction. Uh, Then I have... Their their next six games, uh, I think I had them uh, four and two, which would have be a five and uh, seven. So they're five and seven. Uh, so that's uh, twelve week twelve there. Okay, and then uh, let's see. Let's we'll say they beat the Jets six and seven. They'll split the Washington games. So that's seven and uh, 
eight. And then they'll uh, split the next two. So that's eight and nine. I think they go eight and nine. That's my interesting. Uh, I haven't done that yet. I was planning on doing that week by week. So you're at eight and nine. We'll see where I land. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a week by week. We can just do like kind of quick thoughts and just get a feel for the flow of the season here. So, what do you think? How do you feel about opening up in Atlanta against the Falcons? How do you I think it's a loss? <laughs> All right, how about how about Kyle beyond Pitts. How, how does it feel as far as like uh, entertainment though? Like, do you like um, the matchup? Do you think it'll be an interesting game? I think the Falcons suck, but I just think that they're going to open on the road in Atlanta. They, uh, all their, all their Atlanta games are usually close. Uh, they're two not great teams. Um, the first four, uh, and I, I firmly believe this, the first four weeks of the season, it takes four weeks to like, you know, get in your systems and, uh, you don't really know what kind of team you're going to be until after week four. Uh, so I think I'm erring on the side of they're not going to have it figured out, uh, you know, sooner than later, uh, they'll have that figured out later than sooner is my point. And, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I just think that, um, you know, they're the, the Falcons game is big because then you have the Niners, uh, right after that. And then you have, a uh, Sunday night game that's Sunday night right week three mm -hmm. um yeah so again in in Dallas so I I just I just think that um it's it's a lot of pressure on that game because you're probably not going to beat the Niners and then you have your division foe on the road and then you have the chiefs right after that so mm -hmm. that puts even more pressure on the cowboys game if you lose week one so i think it's just sort of like not a really great uh start for them not an easy start for them um but once you get to week five the 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 drop off from the level of opponent you're you're playing uh is you know I, I don't think the panthers will be bad but I, I don't i mean it's sam darnold's first season they have um what robbie anderson dj moore uh curtis samuel left McCaffrey. Right? they got mccaffrey yeah i mean they have a lot of uh offensive what i don't know how good their defense is they just signed or they just got drafted jc horn um I'm not an expert on the Carolina defensive line or anything, uh, but also you're, you have the, the Buccaneers the following week. So it's sort of a, a tough first five, six weeks. Um, I think they, if they actually do open up 0 and 4, I think they'll gut out a win in Carolina. I think that's, that's the game they, they win of the first six weeks. Gotcha. Maybe this is me just feeling like hopeful and optimistic. But I have week one a win. I think coming in after last season, which, you know, <laughs> was very miserable for 
the fans and the team alike, I think. With new coach, he's an offensive coordinator. Well, he was an offensive coordinator. So I think he might be able to bring, like, uh, at least for a week, like a rejuvenated look. I know he was the OC for the Colts, but this will be the first time um, he'll be running the, like the offense truly. So I think that might have some juice. I also think uh, having Gannon coming in here, I just, I feel like I, I could see uh, the Falcons getting a little surprise here from uh, the new look Eagles. So it's also Devonte Smith's first game. I could see him having a big one. I know the, the Falcons defense has not been good for a few years now. So I don't think that's changed this off season. So I have it as a surprise win. I I hope you're right. I think that that week one game might uh, serve as sort of a, a marker for the first six weeks. If uh, here, I'll, I'll give you a, or I'll, I'll do a scenario. Let's say they win that first game. Uh, I'll, I'll give them. Yeah, actually, I, I don't, I don't know how much of a momentum swing that first game will be when it, when or lose, but uh, I would, I, I'd probably still give them two wins out of the first six games. If, if they do beat the Falcons, it just feels like um, they're, uh, I, I saw I saw one of the opening lines for that is Falcons at minus three and a half, uh, giving the making the Eagles the the underdog by uh, three and a half points. But just barely though. Yeah, that'll that'll change. I mean, it's May twelfth, right? So. Uh, yeah, but these teams won't change that much between now and then. Yeah. But it's still in so line I think... with, with my prediction of they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. What I think will but... happen is, like, Eagles win. People take it way too far and get, like, really hyped up. And then, you know, over the next few weeks, get, like, uh, really beat up over it. I think they could have a surprise win that gets uh, misunderstood and, people fans get carried away with and they won't take it with the grain of salt. I, that feels like it'll be happening in true Philly form. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's, let's move on to week two. Yeah. We, week two, uh, I think it'll be a loss, but I think it'll be a close loss. I think they will be juiced up. It's the first home game, full capacity. Uh, I think, and also last year, I had no shot. I, I thought the Eagles had no shot at beating the Niners and they uh, beat them. So that was also week, or that was week three last year, I believe. So, um, but I, I would, I would uh, label week two as winnable, but I don't think they will win. How many yards do we have to keep Kittle under to win? <laughs> um, I feel like our uh, our linebacker core improved uh, from last year, so yeah, it doesn't take much. Yeah, so that's like you know, I I I'd have to look up his stats. Uh, we could 
you know, dive deeper as we do a game preview pod later. But uh, um, I, I think that on par with last year's game uh, will yield some like uh, we'll we'll keep the game winnable for 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 us. But uh, I'm. I'm not sure they uh, they still have Brandon Ayuk who uh, hurdled Nikhil Roby Coleman, I believe, last season. So that that was fun. Uh, obviously, Nikhil Roby Coleman's not on the team anymore, but uh, he is in his second year Ayuk. So um, there, if if we don't sign a free agent cornerback, there might be some secondary problems with him um and their their defensive line is just very very good so that yeah goes well for hurts and uh the whole offense if they're still trying to learn a new system with siriani one benefit is that it seems to be that there will be a more normal training camp and uh shortened preseason so yeah, I think their uh, their injury luck last year, I think, really hampered you know the record. I think early on, getting a healthy 49ers team feels like a pretty pretty uh, strong L to me. Yeah. Um, so then they go into Dallas for Sunday Night Football. Uh, that game. Uh, like all division games, especially with this specific divisional matchup with the Eagles and the Cowboys, um, it's doesn't conform to general. Uh, yeah, logic prediction. does not apply. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is Dallas week number one, which is week three of the season. Uh, I I remember. Uh, I don't think it was or maybe it was the last two years, they kind of got blown out in Dallas. So they'll probably, I I think it'll be, uh, you know, competitive. It is week three. Uh, They didn't really have a division game last year until week six, I think. Uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about this game? It's tricky. I think. You have um, them winning week one. So they're one and one coming into this game. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Dak is back. I think we all kind of looked at the Cowboys like they were this, um, you know, weaker team, but that was with Andy Dalton, that quarterback. I think, you know, Dak is, you know, I think we can finally admit that Dak is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, if he is healthy, I don't see the way they don't put up like 30 plus on us. So Just to, you know, depending how our offense is doing, that'll be it'll definitely be if if we do put up uh you know a good fight, I think it'll be a high scoring affair and you know, fingers crossed it happens, but I'm not counting on it early in the season. So I'm giving that a an L for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh I agree. Just to put uh more context to this game, the Cowboys open up against the defending Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week two, they play the Los Angeles Chargers. So, so they may probably very well also be one and one. one. And one. Uh, 
coming into us and then they play Carolina week four, we play Carolina week five. So, you know, we have our schedule and we play more games than they play more games like, uh, but uh, yeah, so they could both be one and one um, fighting for first place week three. Uh, so, you know, that could be a big game there. Uh, I, we can both agree that the Chiefs game is going to be not, uh, not a fun time. Uh, it's at home. Uh, yeah, I don't, do you have any other comments on the Chiefs or just the loss? No. I mean, I, I just look at it like for the first four games of the season for, you know, earning this last place schedule, it is a tough first four weeks yeah they don't really uh, <laughs> reap the benefits of that uh until the middle of the season mm-hmm. um yeah okay so after the chiefs game they're at carolina i have that as a win i also have them losing week one so yeah i mean this is definitely of the first five weeks i think Falcons or Panthers is probably the most winnable game. I don't want to sleep on the Panthers, but it's you know, Sam uh, Darnold. Yeah, it's I'm not quite not sure if he gives us many problems. Yeah, it's not quite uh, super early in the season, but it is. We we are getting them early in the season uh, with a new quarterback. Same coaching staff and a supporting cast for the most part, uh, as far as I know, in Carolina, uh, but a new quarterback might still be learning the system again, abbreviated preseason. So that's, that might be something to watch. Um, then they played. Do you have anything else in Carolina? Um, just the, I'll, I'll mark that down as a win. It feels like coming out of, uh, I think, you know, that feels like a good spot for them to end their losing streak. So yeah, three, three quality opponents in a row. And then you play the Panthers who, if we're a little better than, than we think we are, and they're a little worse than they project, we're about just it's about an equal sort of matchup there. So yeah, it feels like it should be a competitive game. Yeah. So then they play Tampa on thursday night football i think that's a loss it's at home um probably a loss i don't know second year uh brady in their system coming off super bowl win it's week six so any sort of hangover has been shaken off they're in the flow of the regular season i think it's a loss for us yeah i agree i think uh a nice kind of juicy component of this would be Tom Brady coming to Philadelphia. Um, I know he's came back since the Super Bowl, but you know, Philly fans will never not let him hear about Nick Foles. So yeah, cool. That won't uh, affect his play, but it will be a nice storyline. Well, what, what, what will be interesting is like, as a Patriot, he was always this kind of like reserved guy. And then his first season out of New England, he kind of let his personality and wasn't so afraid to kind of open his mouth. 
it'll be interesting to hear if he has much to say about Nick Foles or kind of the the Super Bowl loss now that he's out of New England and he can speak more freely. Yeah, I, I think that last year was uh, more I, I can understand last year being more animated for him as I'm going to this new team. They haven't been good as of late. And then you take them to the Super Bowl and win. Now I think they're, you know, everyone's chasing them. They're the team to beat now. That reservation might uh, come back. I'm not I sure. I would love how. to find it. I would love to find out if he would shake Jalen Hurts' hand after. After he uh, loses on Thursday yeah. night. <laughs> that would be very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, so the following week, they're out in Vegas playing uh, a team that might very well be the worst team in the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they win. I think this is uh, the first team they play where they'll be the actual favorites. And after a tough uh, six weeks, they'll, uh, they're on the road. They'll just, I think they'll take it to the Raiders. I think they're going to win. I think they'll win too. I think, uh, I think the, the worst team in the NFL is safely reserved for the Texans. Uh, okay. <laughs> but you know, who, who knows what their situation. I, I think I do, I do agree. I think they're kind of like, you know, like a bottom tier team, not as hopeful. I think the Eagles are like a bottom ish tier team with hope. But you know, you, you could easily say that's a homerish point of view. I do think the Eagles can handle the Raiders even in Las Vegas. So, yeah, I'll mark that down as a W. And then they, uh, fly to Detroit to play the Lions, the reunion with the Eagles and Deuce Staley. Corey Unlin. Unlin. Um, I, I think this is, this is a win. I think they, they have a nice team win against, uh, they keep wanting to say Oakland against Vegas. Uh, and they take that momentum into Detroit and they beat Detroit on Halloween. Yeah, um, this one feels like it's in the camp of uh, the Falcons or the Panthers. It just kind of, it feels like a nice kind of competitive game. I think, um, you know, at this point in the season, if the team is gelling and um, if the offensive line is, you know, healthy and they're gelling as well, I think uh That'll probably be the biggest indicator of, you know, will they win against a team of this caliber? And, you know, right now I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it. Jared Goff hasn't given us too much trouble over the years. Their team is kind of like, a, you know, it, it, their offseason is very interesting. I feel like they've taken so many, like, bits and pieces of the Eagles I don't know if they're just if their front offices are interested in similar players or systems, but you know we do see a lot of former Eagles coaches there, so that makes a ton of sense if there is some 
um, overlap between them. But yeah, why not? Give it, that's number four for me. At week eight. Number four for you, so that's three for me. Um, yeah, okay, so then they come home after that week uh, nine against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Herbert's second year. They uh, had a disappointing year last year. I forget. I, I didn't really watch the Chargers <laughs> football last year. I feel like I, they, I, they won a few games. You thought they were like good, and then they just sort of, sort of fell off uh, in the end. Yeah, well, they didn't have Eckler for a large chunk of last right. year, but I think uh, I think their season was like disappointing overall, but very encouraging as far as their quarterback play. So I feel like they're kind of – they could be like one of the – teams that takes a large step forward this season, you know, barring health. I don't know. What are you feeling about this one? I think they lose. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much of a win streak the Eagles have in them. Um, But I think that there's a stretch like you're entering week seven with a stretch of four winnable games, Raiders, Lions, Chargers, Broncos. I don't think you're going to sweep that. So this, I think, contradicts what I said earlier when I uh, predicted them four and two in the second uh, six chunk of the season. But, uh, you know, we're an evolving podcast here. So I will say they lose to the Chargers at home. Uh, that week is going to be total doom and gloom. Uh, just when you think they're going to turn it around, they're they're uh, one and on my on my uh, prediction, they're they're one and uh, or sorry two. I'm I'm doing this wrong. Three and uh, five, I believe, at that point. So they're they drop down to three and six, week nine. Um, cause for concern. They think Hertz doesn't have it. It's like this whole, this whole thing. Um, that's that's what I have on the Chargers. Yeah, I think um, it's a week I want to mark a W, but I'm reluctantly giving it an L for now. Yeah, I think it's an L because I think they go into Denver the following week and win, uh, mm-hmm. which will uh totally flip the the eagles fandom uh perspective on the team because now now and i think they win handily i think they like come back you know they're back in denver uh they got drew lock starting you know it'll most likely be i don't know there's a good chance Moving on to week 10 at Broncos, that Devontae Smith will be covered by his former teammate, Patrick Sertain. Yeah, that's exciting. Another thing from the Chris Long podcast is uh, Devontae Smith was saying how in practice, uh, of course, in practice, he was going against Patrick Sertain. Every play is the ideal coverage. 
they they know exactly what the offense is running it's the perfect coverage and if he can still catch a pass then in the game it's easier i thought that was an interesting Mm, perspective that is interesting um so in this case his former teammate no longer keyword former he'll uh hopefully have sirianni drop a scheme or route game plan whatever you want to call it to be able to uh combat the skill of yeah i think um you know drew lock i i don't find him to be like a quarterback that like would really be cause for concern for eagles defense not saying that he can't put up the points but this feels like a game they could uh take away out on the west coast so and also just like as a thought, like, I know, you know, taking uh, Sertan, like, great cornerback prospect, they could have taken Fields. Like, just in retrospect, it feels like that might have been a better move rather than sticking with Locke another year. But, you know, maybe maybe they just want to give him a, a longer look. Yeah, I think it's uh, similar with the Eagles. If you're having a multi-year rebuild and you know next year's class is going to be uh, what it is, if you think you have a good read on it, I I don't at the moment. I heard it's deep, but I'm not sure which position or many positions. I don't even know what that means. But uh, if they think there's a quarterback coming out next year that they might have a shot at and they want to see how – well, they can play while, while locking up the defense, then that's a, certainly a strategy. I'm not sure if it's the best one, but it's has a vision to it. So I, I can understand that. Um, all right, let's go, let's go through like the middle of the schedule a little quicker. I think they lose to the saints. Um, I think they, uh, win back to back in the Meadowlands. I think that's like a cool narrative for the season. Like they kind of have back to back games there and win both. Uh, that going into the bye, I think that's like a strong bye week thing. Um, yeah. What, what do you What do you think going into? I have it three? as a loss against the Saints. A loss against the Giants and then a win against the Jets. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, and then the last four games, uh, home against Washington, home against the Giants, at Washington, and home against Dallas. I think that they uh, uh, split uh, with Washington and the Giants. I think the Giants series both teams win on the road. So I think the Giants win in Philly the day after Christmas. I think the and then I think the Washington series, both teams win their home games. So um, right after the bye, we beat Washington. Then we lose to the Giants at home. Then we lose to Washington on the road. And then I think we beat Dallas at home the final game of the season. Win, loss, loss, win. I think that's an interesting Giants thing. Uh, both teams went on the road, not at home. 
So I have it, um, let's see, week 15 home against Washington. I think that's a win. The following week, again, home against the Giants. I think that is a win. So it's the Giants for me as well. Um, I have been sweeping Washington. I think, I think they have Washington's card. I think they're, that's a little three win winning streak. And then four wins for you if they beat the Jets before the bye. That's four in a row. Oh, true. Yeah. That's a good point. And then I have week 18 as a, as a disappointing end of the season with a loss. All right. So let's see. I got them at, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. And you have them at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and eight. So we're very, uh, we're very close. You're a little more optimistic than I am. Nine win team. That's, uh, I'd call that a success, whether they make or miss the playoffs, a nine and eight uh end of the season would be uh pretty uh promising for the future uh even eight and nine you know mm-hmm. um so you know hopefully they win six that's <laughs> yeah i mean i do think like just to put last year in perspective the back play was historically bad. Like they, they got last place in the worst division in NFL history. So I don't think we should be even like considering that as a floor. I don't think they go anywhere. I think like the floor should be set at like six or seven wins. And I, yeah. I do think there's room to, you know, hit above that. I think, Looking at the schedule, I know the beginning of a season looks a little daunting, but it really does loosen up there in the middle. And then especially towards the end, I mean, we've spoken this briefly. I don't think any division opponent feels like they have the game coming into it. So those those are games that are, you know, toss-up games and can be won in the in the matter of a few plays throughout the game. So um, the, I feel like the division, maybe aside from the Cowboys is, you know, similarly talented from team to team. And those games are all up for grabs. And there's a few, few other games in here that I think we can feel maybe not like we're going to win them going into it, but that like we should be right there and should be in it until, you know, the last whistle, you know, those are like the Panther games, uh, Falcons, even the uh, Broncos, Jets. There, there's a lot of winnable games in the schedule. Yeah, it's definitely favorable uh, just based on opponent in the second half. It is interesting. You and I both have slow starts and strong-ish finishes. Um it's the Doug Peterson way. We'll see. Yeah. See, we'll see I, if I Sirianni do, is like him. I, I do think that despite the first few weeks having tough opponents, there could, if they do find success, I believe it will mostly be because the, the, the teams we play don't necessarily have the book on Hertz. He did play four games, not a, 
insignificant sample size, but like last year, he had some success running the ball. Uh, he's like a first read guy. So if the read's not there, he'll, he'll run or, you know, throw it away or whatever. So if teams aren't really picking up on that, not that that's a complicated thing to pick up on, but if they're not really picking up on his play style early on, they could maybe steal a, one of those tough games early in the season. But if um, they're, they're forcing him to make that second, third, maybe even fourth read, uh, I think Hertz is going to struggle early on and have to make those adjustments throughout the season, which would make for us being more correct in having a later season, um, later, later season success. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I think like probably the biggest takeaway, just looking at the schedules, I, I think, I think we just need to like reiterate the impact that Milton Williams will have on this team this season. <laughs> like, I know he won't be a starter, but like, I just look up and down the schedule and like these poor guards on the schedule don't know what's on the other side of that line of scrimmage and, you know, good luck. Well, speak, uh, speaking of Milton Williams, uh, let me read you a, a Zach Berman of The Athletic tweet. Uh, an autograph seeker with a Louisiana Tech helmet waited at the Philly airport for Milton Williams to land. Um, can you confirm or deny if this was you? All I'll say is that I may have put out an offer on Craigslist for somebody to do me a favor. Okay, so uh, we'll we'll have to stay monitor monitoring that um, for sure. Uh, we're coming up on an hour here, but real quick, uh, last thought: um, the Eagles announce a number of jersey number changes. Uh, some numbers for first year guys, and then today they just announced all the rookie numbers. So. Um, I'm going to go rapid fire. Tell me how you feel about each uh, number. Um, All right. Okay. Slay. Wait, I'll, I'll give it, I'll rate them on a number from one to 10, how I feel about the numbers. Okay. 10 is you like it. One is you don't like it. Right. Okay. Uh, Darius Slay changes from 24 to two. I'll give it a six. Uh, Javon Hargrave changes from 93 to 97. Four. Craig James changes from 39 to 31. Jalen Mills's old, old, old number. Double old because he was 21 last year. Then he was 31 before that. That's, his, that's the Jalen Mills Super Bowl winning number, 31. Okay, that Craig bumps James. it up to a six for me. Okay, just to give you the context. Quez Watkins changes from 80 to 16. That's Bryce Treggs, Mac Hollins' former number. You said 16? Yeah, from 80 that's to 16. Enough. You have to factor yeah, in the, the former number if you like yeah. that better. It's a nine. Nine, okay. You like 16, okay. Jalen Hurts changes from number two to number one, what he wore <laughs> yeah. at uh, Oklahoma. That's a 10 automatic. All right, that's a 10, okay. They assign Joe Flacco number seven, former Nate Studfeld. I'll give it a respectable seven. 
Andrew Adams, 21, Jalen Mills's old number. Hmm. Andrew Adams, former Super Bowl champ, Buccaneer, special teams, safety guy. Feels like I love a your four, special teams guy. A four? Okay. Anthony Harris is number 28, former Wendell Smallwood. I'll give it an eight. Eric Wilson's number 50. That's what he wore with the Vikings. Keep it neutral. Give it a five. All right. Isaac Sayamalo changes from uh, 73 to 56. Hmm. Like one. One? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that either. 56 <laughs> is Chris Long's number. That's that's uh you know just just feels wrong okay and uh okay so that wraps up all the vets uh per se uh here's the rookies Devonte smith six that's what he wore at alabama 10 landon dickerson changes from 69 at alabama they assigned him 51 hmm. like a three milton williams 93 uh, that was javon hargrave last year I'll give that one. I'll make an exception. I'll give that one a 93. Okay. Okay. Uh, Zach McPherson, 27. First player to wear it since Malcolm Jenkins. Um, Zach McPherson, a cornerback, not a safety. I'll give it six because it feels ambitious. Okay. Uh, yeah, they must believe in him if they're going to. They, they didn't give it out last year. They yeah, that's took them one year. Uh, that's something to monitor. Okay. Uh, Kenneth Kenny Gainwell, 14. Former Riley Cooper, I believe. It was 14. I'll give it a, I'll give it a four. A four, okay. Marlon uh, Tui Pelotu, 90. Hmm, eight. Wasn't that Hester's number? Your boy Trayvon Hester? He was 90. I'll have to look that up. Okay. Taron Jackson, 75. Vinny Curry's old number. I'll give it a six. Jacoby Stevens, 30. Eight. And Patrick Johnson, 48. I'll give it a five. All right. Um, I did not uh, write any of those down, so take that uh, what you with what you will, how you will. <laughs> Oh, it's a good thing we have a recording if we ever want to come back to them. That's true. Um, okay. Uh, any final thoughts? I think we covered everything uh, on my end. You watching nah. anything good? Mayor of Easttown is a very good show. Um, uh, being from Delco might obscure my uh, thoughts. If it's, uh, I always like tell people who haven't seen it it's a standard you know murder mystery she's a detective a girl is murdered who did it like that's standard story but the the nuance and the the accent of mm -hmm. the delco like lived experience is like something that is unique to the show especially being from delco so i'd recommend mayor of east town yeah, solid. It's it's entertaining and it's gripping. I don't think it's anything that is like, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's like amazingly written or anything like that, but you do tucked uh, in. All right. Um, cool. We'll uh, talk to everyone that's listening. Uh, Y'all uh, talk to you all uh, next week. Um, all right, guys. Take it easy.